Welcome to another episode of Rant and Grow. I am your host, Tulio Sergusa. Today I have a guest with me. Her name is Casey Main. Hi, Casey. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Great. Casey, please introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, so my name is Casey Main, and I am a writer and author. I published my first book last year. It is titled I Gave Up Men for Lent, the story of a jaded, hopelessly romantic, health-conscious party girl search for meaning. And I also have a podcast titled The Better You, where we focus on better understanding our relationship with ourselves, which is really kind of the cornerstone of all my work and writing now is really helping myself and other people better understand their relationship with themselves because I think that is the most important relationship we will ever be in. It's the only one we are in our entire lives. There's no getting out of it. So I think I think that's a really important thing that oftentimes gets gets a little bit lost. I can tell this is going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. So I have a little custom before we get started. It's a quick check-in on a scale of one to 10. Okay. One being the worst day of your life, 10 being the best day of your life. We're just going to check in to state our state of mind and and see where we go from there. Okay. So you go first. Um, I'd say today I'm a seven. It's um, I'm in Florida. It's a beautiful day here today. I've had a very productive day. I spent some quality time with my parents this morning, and then I uh, got a lot done in terms of getting my podcast episode for the week ready. And so I just, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good today. I'd say a seven. Great. I'm checking in as a nine. Ooh. Um, only because I kind of got into this whole media frenzy about this coronavirus mm-hmm. and it got under my skin a little bit. And I started actually getting a little freaked out and uh and then i just recentered myself did a little meditation looked at the facts and realized okay i've got nothing to worry about my family's got nothing to worry about we're not in the risk demographics that being said there's still a very big concern for a lot of people but the scare and the panic has kind of gone away. I went through that for about 24 hours. It was not fun. <laughs> no, no, that never is fun. But looking at the facts, yeah, I think that's a key part of this whole thing. Exactly. Well, we won't know all the facts till later, but for now, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you're, the title of your book, I mean, it says a lot, right? <laughs> I gave up men for Lent. All right. So someone could say, okay, you gave up men for, what is that, 40 days? How long is Lent? Yeah. 40 days? It's, well, so I thought it was 40 days. It turns out it's, it's usually more like 46 days. So Okay, yeah. 46 <laughs> days. You're obviously counting the minutes. Uh, <laughs> so, but what prompted that? Like, first, let's go to the story of, like, what prompted you to say, you know what? I'm done with these men. I'm going to give up. I'm going to take a break. Yeah. What caused you to do that? Yeah. Well, I want to preface this with it's by no means an anti-men man-hating book. It um, it really, I, I kept that title because I thought it was a little bit catchy. And that really is what happened. I really did give up men for Lent. But it was nothing against men. It was more my own negative patterns when it came to relationships and dating and just I kind of, I became aware of them and it was this pattern of focusing more on somebody else wanting to be with me rather than stopping and thinking, okay, do I want to be with this person? So it was like this focus on wanting to be wanted versus where I actually want to go. And I became aware of that pattern and I still couldn't stop it. And I just 
kind of reached this breaking point of I, something's got to change. And so I just thought maybe taking some space away from all dating and relationships in general would, would maybe be the next best step. Yeah, I don't sense that at all from the title. I, um, it seems like someone who's done an inward journey, but I'm curious of what prompted that. Did you find yourself having codependency kind of issues with, with relationships in general? Like, what was that thing that said, I've got to make a change. I've got to do something different. Uh, yeah, I definitely have a history of codependency. I have a history of, and this is not something I'm proud of, but I had a history in my 20s of being, um, I guess, the other woman. So I was getting myself in really bad situations in terms of uh, with men who were not available. And then I kind of went from men who were not available to men who were technically available, but emotionally unavailable. And I just, I had this, um, this really unhealthy kind of need to be in a relationship and also tendency to just completely lose myself once I was in a relationship because I wanted it to work so badly because I thought that's what I needed to be in was in a relationship, which I think a lot of women we kind of grow up with that messaging um, a little bit more so than men, I think. And, and honestly, like I say, the straw that broke the camel's back and what really made me decide to, to give up men for Lent was um, just a, a drunken makeout with a good guy friend of mine who had a girlfriend. And I was just like, I woke up the next day and I'm like, Casey, like you have got to reevaluate some things. And, and that was really what prompted the decision. Wow. Thanks for being so incredibly powerfully vulnerable uh, with every one of us here on the show. Certainly appreciate that. By the way, it's not just women who have the Disney fantasy of relationship. Men go through that Mm -hmm. too. Uh, Yours included. I've had plenty of share of of issues. I shared some of that in one of my previous podcasts with Monica Berg. So it's a big problem. A lot of people can relate to this, right? If you're listening to this and you find yourself being this incredibly powerful man or woman, um, and then somehow when you get into a relationship, you just kind of get lost. It's like you give up who you are. You, you, you no longer, it's like everything becomes about the other person wanting their approval, their validation, their, their needing to make you whole, mm-hmm. you know, whole, mm-hmm. right? And, and a lot of people repeat these patterns and it's usually rooted in something a little deeper and, you know, sometimes wounds or a longing for something that perhaps didn't happen when they were younger. But I'm curious about what you discovered. How hard was the process for 46 days? And what did you discover about yourself in that process? So I actually, so it ended up not just being men that I gave up for Lent because I, I realized like I didn't want to be this like just jaded girl that gave up men. So I also gave up uh, social media, sweets, and hard liquor. And it, it turns out, and I did not realize this at the time, but now it's just super clear to me. Like all those things were just like distractions, like things that kept me focused outward rather than ever going inward. And so I had never really had any kind of 
practice in my life of self-reflection or really kind of checking in with myself to see how I was feeling, I kind of went from relationship to relationship and I was um, very social, especially in my 20s. So I was out a lot, um, you know, with friends and then, you know, social media became such a big thing. And so then you're on social media and that's just in today's age, like we very rarely just kind of sit with ourselves and think about our life. We always have something else distracting us. So when I removed all those distractions, it just kind of freed up all this mental space. And then another interesting thing happened. I was listening to these YouTube videos, these like motivational YouTube videos, which was random in itself because I was never into anything self-help or personal growth. Like that was not my thing. Uh, but I was listening to these videos just kind of because of random circumstances. And this one video came on and it was asking me like, what is your purpose? And I was sitting there. I can remember this clear as day. I'm sitting there on my couch. I'm eating dinner. I've got these videos on my TV and I'm just in shock and I'm just, it's like somebody punched me in the gut. Like I had never thought about like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? Like, what am I here to accomplish? Like from a bigger scale, like, cause we just, you know, you kind of get along with life and, oh, you go to school and then you get a job and then you go from one job to the next job and then you get married and then you have kids and you keep climbing the corporate career ladder or whatever it may be. And, and I just, I had never thought of, okay, maybe there's a, a bigger something bigger happening and a bigger reason for me to be here. And that really, I don't know why that really kind of just woke me up a little bit. And so it was the next day, I just kind of felt determined to figure out like, what is my purpose? And so I, and that was a big theme throughout that Lent was really more realizing, all right, on a bigger picture, what do I want out of life? Not this small picture of, oh, I want a boyfriend and I want to get married and I want a children. Not that that stuff is not important. It absolutely is. And I think those are the you know, relationships especially are where we, and I'm sure you talked about this with, with Monica. I spoke to her on my podcast as well. I love her, but relationships are where we really do the most self work. But I had just completely lost sight of the fact that like there even really was a me and a self and a, a relationship there. And, and that maybe I was here to do something really big and really great with my life. So I started journaling and throughout that process, I looked back at pretty much every major life decision I had made from where I decided to go to college to different jobs, to different relationships I got in. And maybe for the first time ever, instead of looking back at them like, a, oh, this happened to me lens, it was more of a, okay, I actively played a role in making these decisions and, or, or getting myself into these circumstances where I, I so easily played the victim. And so it was like a big turning point of kind of taking ownership of my life and all my decisions, good and bad, and then realizing kind of all my negative patterns along the way, which very much centered around, you know, people pleasing and caring what other people thought. What a gift. Most people go through their life. Mm -hmm. They just go through the motion follow some path that someone's put before them, whether it's been sold to them through television or through parents or conditioning in society, whatever it is, they just don't think about um, why am I here? What's my purpose? And are constantly chasing this, this happiness, which is fleeting because happiness is actually not something that is sustainable forever. It's just something that you can tap into 
Whereas when you're more purpose driven, you start to tap into something greater, which is joy, mm -hmm. you know, because no matter what the challenge is that you face towards achieving your purpose, no matter what that challenge is, no matter how difficult it is, you can still find joy in the fact that you're in the journey towards your purpose. And a lot of people don't get there unless they've gone through some major traumatic um change or, or or they just have mm -hmm. a wake-up call like you just described here what a gift so okay so what i heard is you you gave up a lot of the external stimulation things that we kind of go towards or levitate towards to make ourselves feel good and decided i've got to feel good from the inside out which means i've got to become more self-aware i've got to learn what motivates me i've got to take responsibility for where i am be completely self-accountable to the choices i've made by the way, what a what an amazing um, it's like it hits you with a it's like you get hit by a two by four between your eyes mm -hmm. when that happens. When you realize I'm here not because of circumstances I couldn't control. I'm here because of choices I made. And some of those choices were made 20 years ago, which propelled me to get to this place. I have no one to blame, and I have no reason to even have a blame, even towards myself, other than just accept that those choices created these results. And the same way I created them, I can uncreate them, even though it might take me another 20 years to uncreate them. So when you went through this journey, um, what were some of the first things you decided, okay, I'm going to get my life in order. These are the first few things I'm going to do to accomplish that. Was, was there, did you develop a plan? Did you do that on your own? Did you work with someone? Could you share some of the steps you took from, oh my gosh, I've, I've got to make some changes. What were those initial changes? Yeah. Made? So it, it's funny. I'd love to say I, you know, was self-aware enough to really be intentional about the changes, but I, I kind of just fell into them. And, and this is where I very much believe we all have everything we need inside of us to figure out our own issues, you know, figure out how to get out of our own way, you know, to, to live a, a happy life. And I, I fully believe in and support getting help along the way, whether that takes the form of talking to friends, talking to a therapist, talking to a coach, mentor, whatever it may be, because a third party perspective can kind of help shine a light on some of those things. But I, I somehow just kind of stumbled into it all on my own. And so I guess, you know, the first thing obviously was the removing the distractions. And then I made a couple of changes again, kind of without intentionally doing it. They just, they felt good at the time. And the first one was I had always been the type of person that, you know, I got up in the morning and I put the news on while I got ready for work. So that was the first thing I listened to in the morning. And so what I started doing instead was I would not put the news on in the morning, but I would listen to something positive and inspiring. So it started as kind of motivational YouTube videos. And then I got into podcasts and just that was just such an important change for me in the beginning. And I didn't really realize why at the time, but now as I've gotten more into all this, I fully understand, you know, first thing in the morning is when our brain is at its like most impressionable state. And so rather than begin the day by like downloading all of this negative or stressful information, if you start first of all, with just silence and instead maybe like uploading your own thoughts, if you have some kind of mindfulness or meditation practice, but if you don't, then just starting with something more positive and inspiring to try and get your brain thinking 
new ways of thinking rather than just kind of this, you know, endless cycle, which is a lot of times, you know, the news, unfortunately it is, it is very negative. So that was, that was a big first step. Another thing I did was, um, I started spending more time outside and I'm, I'm lucky that I live near the beach. I'm in Jacksonville beach. And at the time I lived only a, a couple blocks away from the actual ocean. So, I, I would get up on the weekends early and I would go watch a sunrise and then I would take a walk on the beach. Um, after work, sometimes I would head over to the beach and take a walk and just think or, you know, listen to more kind of inspiring motivational stuff. I just started to really like almost eat it all up, like anything that would, you know, spark my brain into thinking something bigger and just kind of more I guess just the only word I can think of is inspiring of like all these kind of things you could do with your life. And it just, it, it got me back in touch with like all these different dreams or like goals or like random things I had wanted to do like when I was younger. And then you get on like the track of life and you kind of just forget those things, but like getting back in touch with those like childhood desires. And then I'd start to write them down. And, and so that was, spending that time outside, which again, now I recognize like, and I would walk barefoot a lot. So that grounding like is really good for you. Being by the ocean is very good for you. Just taking some of that quiet, unplugged, like listening time, like all very good for like your soul. It's just kind of like a breath of fresh air. And then I also started journaling, which is essentially what turned into the book. And I had never been a journaler. Um, I think I kept a diary like when I was a little girl, but never journaled into adulthood. So it was the first time I really started to just brain dump kind of everything that was going on in my mind onto paper. And I think there's so much power in that because our, our thoughts like bounce around in our head so quickly throughout the day. And so even if you sit and think through them, you might think you're really thinking through them, but even that is a very fast process. So I think there's so much power in kind of formulating your thoughts into sentences and putting them on paper, whether that be written or you type it out and then looking back at them, because when you start to read through it, like then there's no escaping your patterns. So I did a lot of journaling back to like old relationships and kind of how it all went down and how I felt at the time. And then when you look at how you felt then and you kind of compare it to how you feel about it now, like it's just it was a form of like self therapy that that I had never done before and it was really this reconnecting back to who I am or kind of who I was along the way which helped me reconnect to like who I am today that's great Keith I'm just going to try to try to recap what I heard so the first thing Eliminate the toxic input mm -hmm. first thing in the morning, right? Whatever that is, the news or, you know, just shift that into something positive. Whether you're listening to something motivational or just simply starting with, mm -hmm. I'm grateful mm -hmm. for being alive. You know, just getting into the state of gratitude, not letting the first thing that comes into your head being negative, toxic input information, because that's going to yes. program the whole day. Okay, that's great. Great advice. Then going outside, I see tremendous value in that because nature is the universe and nature is in a constant state of giving, giving it's a force of creation. It's a force of constant giving. It's a, it's a, it's of service constantly. And it's so inspiring without realizing we could get so inspired because the sun's always shining. There's water, there's trees, there's this, this 
symbiotic thing going on that inspires us to also believe that we can be creative forces and creative creatures because we are. So go out and connect with nature, ground yourself with nature. I heard that. And then finally, I thought that was super powerful, this idea of journaling. And as you were talking, I was thinking, capturing your thoughts in flight by putting them on paper. And then by capturing those thoughts, you're able to, you Mm -hmm. know, review them. And in some cases, it's like you're going through a journey. You know, people do ayahuasca teas to do journey work. But this is like a natural way of doing journey work, just capturing your thoughts, going back in your past, Mm -hmm. present, right? And then reviewing them and reading them, you actually can go through the journey of the pattern on how you think. And by by identifying the pattern on how you think, you can also begin to identify where you need to make changes. And I guess then a lot of that can't Mm -hmm. turn into your book, which is something I encourage people to get. because it really is about mm-hmm. self-discovery, right? And becoming self-aware. A lot of people talk about being self-aware, but what you've just described is the process to becoming self-aware, a tangible process to becoming self-aware. What else? Uh, you yeah, share? you know, I, I love that you say that because that is what the book is. It was, and I and I did not know it was happening at the time. I really didn't. And But now I'm kind of grateful because I, I pretty much captured in real time. I like to say it's like the beginning of my spiritual awakening, you know, to an extent. And so it was really, I just, I knew something was happening and I didn't know what it was or where it would take me. But um, so that was really kind of the, the main things that are captured in the book. Like those are the changes I made in the book. And then after that process, after that Lent, you know, the work was by no means over. It's, it's very refreshing to be like, Oh, wow, here's all my patterns. I know what they are now. And like, Oh, I'm in control of my life and I can make the changes. But then it's like, then you have to do the work. And, and that. And the test come, I mean, inevitably the test come, right? (laughs) So want to hear about that because (laughs) you make a commitment and the minute you do the test come even stronger. Right. So what was that Uh, like? I had an ex um, reenter the picture pretty much immediately after Lent and 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 I went back down that road and same pattern happened. Like it, it just, it, same thing happened again. And then, you know, I, and I went, I went back yet again, same thing happened. So, and I do plan to write a sequel and what I do, like readers will just be like, oh my gosh, like, come on, Casey. But, but you're so right. It is like the tests come in because being aware of something is just the first tiny step of changing it. And then it's like, it's this whole long process to actually undo these negative patterns, especially in relationships, because if you think about it, it, they were like years in the making. So to think we can just be aware of them and then poof, they're gone is a little bit naive. So I, I kind of re-entered the dating world and, and just kind of, I guess, I don't want to say failed, but my negative patterns reared their ugly heads like yet again. And I just, I still couldn't stop it. So I, I would say I took another step back, not not in so much an intentional way of like, I give up men, but more just realizing, all right, I, something's still not right here. And what I realized is like, I had to get to a point of happiness with myself, um, self-love, you know, that's a big buzzword right now, but it's like, I needed to remove the attachment, like to the need I had to be in a relationship and really get to this point of being like, actually, I don't need to get married. I don't need somebody else. I'll be happy completely on my own. And, 
and there's so many different ways you can you can kind of say that. You can say it in like a I am strong foundation in myself. I am happy. I am whole and complete on my own, which is the point I think you need to get to. But sometimes we say that like, oh, I don't need to get married or I'll be fine on my own. And it's kind of in this like, oh, woe is me type of way. Um, or we say it in more of like a an angry, like, oh, well, I don't need anybody else. Like I'm fine on my own type of thing. And it's like, it's subtle differences, but I had to get to a point of just wholeness and completeness within myself. And only then was I able to then get into a relationship and have it actually be like a healthy relationship. But even then, you know, as, as I'm sure you talked about with Monica, like relationships, they're going to trigger your own stuff. So then once I got back into the dating world and I was in a healthy relationship for the first time and she's like years, um, you know, a lot of my little, little stuff got triggered things that I had not dealt with in the past. Um, and I think that's one of the, I want to say kind of, I guess, catch 22s of if you are a strong, independent person, you know, as you go through life and relationships fail and maybe you get hurt, I would always, I wouldn't process that hurt and I wouldn't really process what happened. Instead, I would say to myself and think, oh, I'm fine, you know, and just move on. But, but there's power in, in processing all of it. And instead I had kind of just repressed everything. So a lot of those old hurts kind of, you know, they don't go away. Like they came up, um, in then more and more present relationships. And I had to work through all of that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very honest to this day in, in my writing and in my podcast that I'm, I'm still very much a work in progress. Um, I'm just, I'm much more self-aware now of, that ultimately it all comes back to, to me um, and how I feel about myself, what triggers I have, how I'm allowing other people to make me feel, like what kind of reaction I'm allowing myself to have. And that's why I'm such a big believer in our relationship with self because we're creating our own reality. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll never forget, I had an amazing mentor. His name was Felix. He was with the Dalai Lama for 10 years and he, I'll never forget these words. He said, Tulio, to deny the animal inside you is to also deny mm. the divine inside you. We, we are both this yin-yang of this flesh and blood that desires, you know, all the stuff that sometimes we struggle with. And then we're also this higher consciousness that desires to make a difference in the world. And the one thing that I personally I've learned and even just coaching people that, that it always goes back to is it comes mm -hmm. down to self-worth, right? The higher your self-worth, the more likely you're able to practice self-love from the point of view of, okay, so I repeated mm -hmm. a pattern. Who cares? I, I'm in the process of learning and growing. What do I need to learn from this? How can I grow from this? And that's the other thing I learned, too, from Felix, which was this idea. He's a Buddhist monk, right? But this idea yes. of detachment, having the desire to get somewhere, but being detached from the results and outcomes. And so many people judge their success in business and relationship and everything based on the outcome. And when the outcomes don't align, then they feel like a failure. And it's very demoralizing, and it doesn't encourage you to keep moving forward. And I've helped people with literally develop mantras and tap into newer science to reprogram the attachment to success to become more about learning and growing. And I strongly believe 
that if all we're committed to is learning and growing, then we could at any given moment say, I'm a work in progress. I'm learning and growing. I didn't get it right this time. I can try again next time. And that's such a powerful lesson, I think, for all of us to realize that some things mm-hmm. are not going to happen overnight. Some things might take decades. Uh, and some things may never really go away, depending on, you know, someone who's molested or abused might have certain challenges that they're going to face for the rest of their lives. But that self-love comes into the play into play when you realize I I did this and, and I'm mm-hmm. okay and I'm going to be okay and I'm going to learn something else this time. We're coming up on time. Any final words of wisdom you have for for people that perhaps are struggling with patterns that repeat themselves? Number one, obviously get the book. But number two, um, what else could you give them as someone who, who is yourself that self-admitted that you're still in your journey yourself. Any words of wisdom? Yeah. And so I, it would I kind of up. piggyback off what you just said, because I, I absolutely love everything you just said. And that is to just to be kind to yourself and to be patient with yourself because change doesn't happen overnight. And I think that's by design. And, you know, there's all those quotes about the fact that it's the journey and not the destination. And so a lot of times I think when we can easily look at decisions we make and be like, oh, I'm, you know, moving in the wrong direction. And I just, I don't believe that. I believe that every direction, even if it looks like it's moving backward or towards the side is actually still moving forward. And the way that you really can become aware of that and feel like, okay, I am still moving forward is on those, those moments where you feel like you're moving backwards is, is to find the learning in it. Because I think that everything is an opportunity to learn. And if you take what you thought was a quote unquote mistake or kind of fall back into an old pattern, but you're aware of it, that's huge. And then you decide to learn from it. Like that's, that's incredible. And that is progress, even though it doesn't look like it kind of by how society has defined progress, but I believe it, it absolutely is. So be kind to yourself, be patient with yourself and really try and see everything as an opportunity to learn. Thank you, Casey, for joining me today and for the rest of you listening. Until next time.